Yeah, I'm a micromanager. Hello. You should not do it. I'm trying to break myself. Um, I'm doing pretty good, but I am a traditional micromanager. I don't believe in micromanaging, but the only way to get out of micromanaging is to hire the best, best people. But a lot of people will leave you if you micromanage. So I'm sort of adamantly against it. Hello, everybody. I'm Kelly Martin, and you're listening to Making It Work, brought to you by FedEx. This is the podcast where we forego founder success stories to make room for entrepreneurial advice that you can actually use through candid conversations with some very savvy small business owners. On this show, we uncover what it really takes to run your own company. Every Making It Work episode is on a different topic. And this time we're talking about micromanagement. Whether you're a micromanager yourself or ever been the victim of an overbearing boss, this is definitely a discussion you'll be able to relate to. So why do so many entrepreneurs turn into micromanagers? And is it necessarily a bad thing? Asking the questions is Tom Scallon. We've all been there. At work and asked to do a task, only to have your boss there five minutes later, breathing down your neck. If you think you can do it better, why'd you hire me in the first place? But one person's toxic work culture can be another's collaborative approach. And when you own your own business, striving for perfection can mean you're a stickler for a tried and tested approach. One self-confessed micromanager is Stephanie Duncan, co-owner of Floral Genius, a US-based flower frog manufacturer, and Harmony Harvest, a fresh-cut flower farm. This Virginia-based entrepreneur can see the benefits of being a stubborn taskmaster, but is trying to change her ways. Not least because often, her employees work out a way of just doing stuff better. Yeah, I'm a micromanager. Hello. You should not do it. I'm trying to break myself. I'm doing pretty good, but I'm a micromanager. Like I just self-awareness is so key in this whole like entrepreneurial journey. But I am a traditional micromanager. And I think like I've realized over the past like two years that that's where 90% of my stress and frustration comes from. Let other people do it. It doesn't like it's not your way or the highway. Your way is a good way. But is it the only way to get the exact same result as efficiently? Maybe not. I've learned a lot about letting people do their thing. Like give them my way. I give them the rationale of why I do it my way. If it's something new that they're doing, I ask them to start doing it my way. But then I say, after you've figured that out, make it better. Don't let me be the benchmark for like, this is the best way to do something. This is the way that this guy has done it. It's not the best. Frankly, I've got 40 million thousand things that I'm doing. This is the way that I made it work in the time and energy I gave it. So if I'm giving it to someone else, I'm definitely giving it to them with the expectation of like, here's be really clear with, you know, communicating expectations and process and the why behind the process. And I'm just surprised every single day about how much better my team makes all of our processes because we give them the ability to make it better. Do you ever see one of your employees doing something that you used to do and think, God, the way I used to do that was really dumb? (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I've learned that you got to like step away from it for a while. It definitely that happens. Right. So like sometimes like you put in a process and then people are doing it and doing it and doing it. And it's easier when you've like just let this machine run and you can step back and look at it. And if you're doing what you should be as an entrepreneur and constantly learning, um, you're learning about new ways to do things or different small tweaks you can make in the process. It's amazing what you can learn. And it's amazing what you can change. And it's amazing what you can do 
to make it better. And usually once people, I'm a huge believer in the why, right? Like I don't ever like to tell anybody like, just do this. And they say, why? And just be like, just that's because we do it. That is not an answer to why. That's because we do it is a crap answer. Don't ever give anybody that answer. Tell them why. The logic. People understand logic and they're able to make systems better and make better decisions if they know why the heck they're doing something. Before Tom's next question, here's an offer exclusive to Making It Work listeners. Open a free FedEx business account today and you can get up to 40% off shipping services, including residential and delivery surcharges. Just visit fedex.com slash making it work offer or click the link in the episode description and start saving on shipping with FedEx. Now back to the show. Have you ever given someone a task, told them how to do it and they just found a better way? Yeah, it happens with our order fulfillment manager all the time. Literally every time I give her a system and say, okay, I set this up and here's how I set it up, she will find a better way to do it every single time because we go through like, why are we doing this? So Stephanie, are you on the path to recovery? Are you in a sort of micromanagers anonymous or will you always be a micromanager? I think it's something that I'm always going to have to be aware of, right? Like I am in recovery, I feel like. Now being in recovery doesn't mean that I'm perfect all the time. But what I've done too is I have empowered my staff to, to look at me and say, let me do it. I think that's really important. I think that it's important for you to empower your staff to tell you when they need you to back off for a minute. <laughs> um, because sometimes you're so focused in on what they should be doing and what you think they should be doing that it's it's easy to like not see them being like, no, but wait, let me show you something. And you're just like, no, I don't want to see how it was. You don't want to be like the Muppet. That's like walking or, you know, like the, the chef guy that, ah, like you don't want to be that guy. Ah, Swedish um, chef. Yeah. I love the Swedish chef. He's my favorite Muppet. Apologies to our uh, huge Swedish following here at making it work. Yeah. I mean, just really being aware of it, like knowing when you're doing it. Don't feel like you can ever take your sensors off for when you might be slipping into bad habits. And I think that, like, honestly, the best thing I ever did was tell all, everybody on my team, you have the permission to say, stop, let me do it, come back to me in X amount of time. And that's, that's really helped. And they love that because they do it all the time. And I'm like, what? are you so sure this time? Yeah. Do you think it's because of the scale of your business? Can you imagine a time when you're sitting in a boardroom and so far from the nitty gritty of the day to day that you don't bother micromanaging anymore? Um, no, because I'll just try to micromanage the people that I mean, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be somebody in my sphere that I'm going to want to try to tell this is how I want it done. You know, I don't I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters whether it's a field crew person or if it's a C-suite person that we've hired. I still want them to be able to be like, I got this. And I, I think that's something that, you know, I hope that I'll carry with me forever and I will continue to empower anybody that's helping me build a business and helping us really push this thing forward that they have the authority to say, you know, I actually have a better idea than you do. And darn it, I hope like I'll be happy when they do. As a micromanager in recovery, Stephanie continues to work on empowering her employees to do things their way. And in a tight job market with an abundance of job vacancies, it has never been more important to give people a reason to stick around. 
Let's have a chat with Krista Cotton, CEO of bitters manufacturer El Grappo Bitters. This New Orleans-based entrepreneur had a clear vision for professional development from a very first hire. In her mind, employees should have autonomy and a clear career path within the company. And on the topic of micromanagement, well, she has a lot of thoughts about it. I have a lot of thoughts about this. So I think that when I started, I was wearing so many hats because I was scared to hire. What I have learned in this process is to hire slow and fire fast, hire great people. We have almost no turnover here. It takes me forever to hire someone. I will go to lunch. I will get my team to go to lunch. I will interview people an obnoxious amount of times, but I want to make sure not only are they a good fit for their role, but do they get along with the team? Because team cohesion and teamwork is so, so important. I want to be able to hire somebody and have confidence that not only are they going to excel in their role, but they're going to collaborate with the team. I want people to have a clear career path here where they're going to be motivated, but they understand what it takes to get to the next level. And eventually there is you know, a director level or higher job for them as they continue to grow. And as we continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger, we have an awesome team. I don't believe in micromanaging, but the only way to get out of micromanaging is to hire the best, best people. It's tough out there right now. Hiring is a big topic. It's really hard to find people. And I think that we provide flexibility. We provide a lot of autonomy and we try to provide the best benefits and the best environment that we possibly can. And I think you lose out too on a lot of great people. A lot of people will leave you if you micromanage. So I'm sort of adamantly against it, but I just think it isn't a problem if you have the right people in the right roles. I know as a CEO and as a founder, it can be hard to not fret every little detail and wanting it to be perfect, but you have to give people enough rope to hang themselves. And if you hired the right people, have a lot of faith and more often than not, it's going to work out, but we don't micromanage around here. It's not our thing. So it sounds like you don't have a micromanagement problem. That's great. No, I think I have, I definitely have control issues, but not, they don't manifest themselves in micromanaging. I think my issue really is that I'm overly cautious when it comes to spending money. Like I need to know something's going to work and I'm going to get four X or six X the amount of money to spend it. Um, but it's not a micromanaging. Everybody has their own ticks, right? And if you're spending a ton of money and it's your head on the chopping block, if things don't go right, there's going to be ways that anxiety manifests. And for a lot of people, it is micromanaging. For me, it's more controlling expenses. But how many employees do you have? I mean, you use freelancers, right? It's a lot easier with freelancers because they're probably doing jobs that you've already accepted you can't do yourself. So having really great relationships with my freelancers is critical. So I have two copywriters, their copywriting team, they're both freelance. And then I have my art director who's freelance. But at this point, half her salary is being paid by El Guapo because 50% of her time is is being used on our products because we've just grown so much and we have so many new things that are that are happening. And then, you know, web developers, same thing. And then my SEM team is in California. That's two people and they work as freelancers. So seven people on a freelance basis, that's sort of outside of this world. I would say freelance is more the creative side of the business. The creative side of the business is, is all outsourced and then logistics, operations, shipping, customer service, manufacturing. We do a lot of people don't realize we don't work with a co-manufacturer. We do everything in-house. It sounds like you're not a micromanager by 
nature, really. In my experience, that's quite unusual in entrepreneurs. Why do you think entrepreneurs normally have such a problem with micromanagement? Or, or is it even a problem? Oh, no, I definitely think it's a problem. I think that it's twofold. I think one, it's passion, right? You have this idea, you're super passionate about it. You want to make it work and you have, it's like my way or the highway kind of thing. And you have your idea of how it needs to get done. And people have a hard time moving off of that, like how you would do a project because the goal isn't how the project gets done. The goal is the end result. And if you hire someone that you trust and they get to that end result, who cares if they chose green versus blue? Like that wasn't the point. The point was you made money or you completed this task or whatever. Like it, it, it's different for different roles, but I do understand that relentless pursuit of perfection and a lot of passion leads people to micromanage because it's their idea and they want it their way. But at the end of the day to get it from being like an idea to like a huge thing, you have to give up some control and some people are better at it than others. And we all, again, we all have like our, our issues that manifest and mine isn't control. Most entrepreneurs, it is, it is micromanaging and control, but you have, I don't know, find a support group or a great therapist or talk to your team about it. But honestly, I really think hiring is the key to that. If you have a really great team and you trust your team, then you have to let go a little. You're listening to Making It Work, coming up. When you start a business, you want to control every little piece of it. It's your baby. Nobody else is going to you know, do as good a job as you are with it. Those are some of the things that I guess entrepreneurs, we tell ourselves. The dreaded micromanagement. I hate it being micromanaged. It's truly getting that mentality of finding people that are better at your job than you are. Initially, I was surprised the entrepreneurs would have so much to say on the topic of micromanagement. But actually, it makes a lot of sense. It stands to reason that for some of the founders, not having enough freedom in a previous 9-to-5 role was a contributing factor for them wanting to go it alone. The ones that aren't micromanagers, therefore, have a philosophy on employee empowerment and autonomy, and the ones that are micromanagers perhaps feel a little guilty about it. But let's part the pseudo-psychology and speak to someone who actually knows what they're talking about. Logan Lamont is co-founder and CEO of South Carolina-based Kanga Coolers. He's not a micromanager himself, but can understand why small business owners fall into this trap. When you start a business, you want to control every little piece of it. It's your baby. You don't want to let go of it for fear that it could get damaged or nobody else is going to do as good a job as you are with it. And those are some of the things that I guess entrepreneurs, we tell ourselves, and it makes it very tough to let go of certain pieces of it. And micromanagement is an extension, in my opinion, of that feeling as an entrepreneur, you've got to grip tight, control, control, make sure that everything's okay or else something bad will happen because you weren't there to watch it. I think it's important to have a delegation of authority with your, your key personnel or else you're, you're not going to be able to be effective and, and everything's not going to be able to you know, get, get executed in the, in the way it needs to. Plus, here's another piece. I know a lot of entrepreneurs were kind of egocentric sometimes. We started the thing. We built the thing. We understand a lot about it. Our, our customers were learning, our market, our vision. But here's the thing. Some people have good ideas that are better than ours too. And a lot of people in our organization should have different ideas and should have different ways of going about certain things. Because as smart as we think we are sometimes, it, we definitely need to have other perspectives in the room. And other people that are more uniquely qualified to do their task, their job, and to make those calls. And so 
for me, I, I delegate that authority with, with those personnel, for example, in the sales side, all I'm there to do is try to help and add value. And, and if need be hold accountable, but we're going to, I'm here, I'm here to add value. I'll ask you how things are going. I'm not here to say you should do it this way. They're saying this way or this way. I'm here to say, okay, cool. How are things going? What can I do to help facilitate a better success rate for you? Like what, what can we do together to help improve this area? And so it's, it's more of a collaborative approach that I take as opposed to a micromanagement approach where I don't typically have those conversations on, you know, well, this metric is, is doing this and this metric's doing this. So you need to fix it. I usually take a more collaborative approach on trying to help create that sense of, Hey, I'm here to help. Our goal is the same. We're trying to achieve more success as a company in your area and as a whole. Our goal is the same. I'm here to come in and let's try to figure this out. Let's figure out what ideas we can pursue to improve things. Or if things have worked well, what did you find out that we didn't know beforehand that's worked well for that area? Can we use that in other areas of the business? So I think, again, delegation of authority is important. Letting those other people that you trust that are uniquely qualified to lead those areas make those decisions, make their own mistakes. When have you seen someone do something that is better than the way you used to do it? There's a lot. There's a lot of ideas that people have that are that are better than, than mine for certain areas. So for example, a marketing campaign or making this decision from a sales standpoint or that decision, um, supply chain or inventory, or, it, and the list goes on and on. There, there are a lot of people at Kangaroo, we're fortunate that they have a lot of expertise and knowledge in their areas. And yeah, you got to be able to, to trust, trust them. And again, you got to let people make mistakes. I make mistakes. I'm sure you make mistakes. We all make mistakes and you got to give people the freedom to make their own and, and learn from them because that's kind of the whole premise where we started this podcast too is you learn from mistakes. Well, you can't deny your, your team the right to do that as well. When you're starting out, do you think that micromanagement is just an inevitability? You just have to work on a cure slowly but surely. Yeah, everything in business and everything that we're talking about, there's always a healthy balance. So while I say delegation of authority well, yes, in a healthy balance, that makes sense. When If you bring someone in, they don't know what they're doing. You don't know what they're doing. You just say, hey, go do it. You, know, you, you can do all, your, you know, all that you need to do. Go for it. That's not great either. That doesn't work out well. You need to have, obviously, work with them very closely. I think, yeah, a, cer- a certain level of micromanagement is unavoidable. And I think you have to be able to build that trust with your people to then delegate that authority. If you don't have that trust, it really makes it hard. So I think on the front end, being very involved Working very closely, that's important to make sure that you're being responsible with your delegation as time goes on. But you also have to be able to let go as time goes on. According to Logan, it's impossible not to be a little bit micromanagery during an employee's probation period. After all, there's a fine line between throwing someone in at the deep end and not giving them the knowledge and tools for them to be able to actually do their job. One small business owner who's adopted a similar approach is Care and Wear CEO Chat Razdan. This healthware entrepreneur is based in New York City, but credits his management style partly to his Indian heritage. For him, that means setting a high bar, giving his employees freedom to do their jobs, and making sure they're supported 